You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Flowers, Tony Groves, William Gibson, and special guest Kevin O'Keefe. Hey guys. Hey. How's it going, man? Hey, thanks Good for e- having me. Good evening. All right, we got a big group tonight. And welcome, welcoming back Kevin O'Keefe. Uh, you were on our 10th episode, you reminded me. I actually went back and caught a part of it where we did an in-depth interview with you at that time. And thank you for uh, coming back and giving us an update about what you're doing. Um, let's hear like that, an update. I know that you were, uh, you're a lawyer from Boston and you're a heavy streamer. You were one of the first streamers out there that were doing iRacing and, and, uh, a respectable I rating above 4,000. And, uh, lots of times if you wanted to see top split NIS, you went over and saw Rutgers Kev on YouTube and, uh, you have quite a following over there with a, a, a very busy chat. Uh, I caught your YouTube the other day, and uh, you, it looks like you've moved on to virtual reality, and uh, and I guess you got the computer talking, the chat to you. So tell us a little bit about that too. Well, thanks. Uh, yeah, I was streaming the iRacing NASCAR series as my regular uh, gig. It was the only thing that I did on uh, iRacing, and it was it was popular. I was get like thirty five hundred views every race. Uh, like Daytona five hundred, you know, sometimes would spike in that like. You know tenfold in terms of number of views but uh, i suffered some burnout in um mid uh 2016. uh if you go back and listen to your shows uh, around episode 40 you guys are experiencing uh, the same thing the fixed setups were terrible and that's the only thing that i raced was fixed setups uh and just things got really really busy at the home and work so i so i quit um i was going to keep racing other series and i just got you know what i'm kind of burnt out with this iRacing thing so just at the end of december i just decided to come back with the new season and i drove one week and then for christmas i got a oculus rift so uh i'm really really enjoying the the oculus rift i i think uh somebody else on your podcast has one too yes uh will you you have one yeah, yeah. I've only raced on a monitor for like a month before I got the Oculus, and I don't think I could ever go back. It's, I think Kev could agree. It's um, it's a whole new level of realism that it's hard to replicate. On the roadside, I sucked. I mean, I'm really, really bad on the roadside, and I never, ever felt comfortable. Uh, I always felt like I was above the track as opposed to on the track. You know, and I never felt like I had the proper amount of grip. As soon as I got the Oculus, boom, right a way. I felt much more comfortable, and I'm and I'm all I'm running personal best on the roadside and basically every car, every track that I run. Right. Uh, but on the oval side, I've only ran uh, C fix trucks at Talladega, and I actually got motion sickness under caution. I don't know. I don't know if Williams experienced anything, anything like that. And then I ran the trucks at Phoenix, and it was fine. So I think it's just the the high banks. Um, I did change the settings in the I and I file, which they recommend in the virtual reality 
section of the forums. I did that before I ran Daytona, I mean Talladega, but somebody said that those settings um, uh, hurt you at Talladega. I, I don't know if William knows anything about that. Uh, I really don't mess with it a whole lot. I have um, control number one programmed to my will, which actually like resets the frame rate is the only thing I really mess with if I start to dip frames. And really, yeah, as long as I don't dip frames, I don't get any kind of motion sickness. But other than that, yeah, I just do the control one every so often, especially night races. I get a, some frame dip and that's all I really do to kind of keep from getting that motion sickness. Well, I have to try it some more. I just ran a 90-minute race at Suzuka last night. Perfectly fine. I plan on running the Roar this Friday. I don't, I don't anticipate any issues. But Talladega, under caution, I was starting to get motion sickness. So that makes me a, a little nervous. But mainly, now that I'm back in iRacing, I tend to, I want to focus more on the roadside. So I don't think it's going to be a problem. But I really love it. I used to have three monitors, 24 inches each. Uh, I can't see myself going back. Interesting. So what about the thing where I heard the people who are typing in the chat is verbally spoken to you so you can hear it? Yeah, I'm I'm hedging on that based on the last video where the where the where the trolls came. Um it's really good if you, <laughs> it's really good if you have a stream with ten viewers. You know, yeah. once you once you get even to my level, I have thirty viewers, it gets to just be too much or open to abuse. So basically I will give you the short short version. In virtual reality, if you don't use any kind of other third-party pro programs, you only see iRacing. You cannot layer any anything over it, right? So even if I was racing in three screens non-virtual reality, I could just layer the Twitch chat over a section of the iRacing window, and I could see Twitch chat as I was racing, right? Unless I use a third-party program or I use the new uh, Oculus um, beta, um, I can't see I can't see chat, right? And if I can't see chat to me, what's the point of streaming? Because interacting with the chat room is a big part of my stream. So I have to figure out a way to get the chat to that I could hear it. So that's so um it's called restream chat. So what it does, it takes the chat from YouTube, Twitch, and it could take the chat from basically a lot of different locations. A Discord, um a bunch, a bunch of different places, and it makes it all in one place, and then you can make it so it reads the chat back to you. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so, um, you know, my main issue, again, I just got the Rift Christmas, so my main issue is getting the Rift uh, set properly. I, I want to get 90 frames per second every time, even when streaming, and I want it to look good, and I want to be comfortable, right? So... I, I think I have that. I think that's good. So now maybe I'll go to the Oculus beta and try to bring up that window and layer the chat in virtual reality so I'll be able to see it without having the chat read to me. And that way I don't have to worry about what happened on my recent video. Somebody was uh, singing to you or something? <laughs> so, I mean, it's funny. You know, they weren't being that bad. They could have been a lot worse. But so imagine this, okay? I assume a lot of people who are listening right now are driving down the road in their cars, okay? So imagine this. You're driving down the road in your car, and you, you suddenly hear, isn't it annoying when your cat wakes you up like this? Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> right? So that's what I had to hear was I was driving, you know, in my GT3 race. Yep. Trolls these days. Interesting.
Yeah, so again, the more popular you are, the more, you know, trolls that you're going to get. But even if it's not trolls, I was looking at other streamers who are, you know, at terms of my range, and the chat is, you know, at a pretty decent pace. And you just don't want a constant chat in your ear the whole time. Right. And you want to in interact with chat, but you also need to focus a little bit on what you're doing. Yep. All right. Um, looking at your stats, I pulled them up on iRacing. Your winning percentage is quite high. It's 4.5% on ovals overall. On road, 8.1% winning percentage overall. Uh, pretty good numbers. And, uh, what do you, you know, what, how many wins are you getting? I mean, I do see a few in the columns there, but not a lot recently. Uh, well, those numbers are inflated because on the road I run mixed class. Uh -huh. So if I, so if I win my class, I get a win. Uh -huh. So like in IMSA, I run GT3. You probably have eight cars in your class. Nice. And, and for oval, you know, I race, I race in NASCAR series. I think I had four or five wins in that series. So, you know, you, that's the only race that I ran. I ran I race in NASCAR series Thursday nights at nine. And then sometimes the Sunday night at nine. So, you know, 36 races, you know, and if you, and if you get a, a win, well, that's your, that's your winning percentage right there. Yep. Yeah. I never thought about the class win thing. So, yeah, I'm not going to pat myself on the back too hard. If you look at my road I rating, uh, for a long time, my road I rating was like 1,500. And then I got on a team, and they got me. Somebody on the team figured out what they were doing with the old Daytona prototype, uh, the old one, not, not the new one. And that thing was, you know, it was it was scraping the, the ground but was fast, right? So... I I took that I I ran the full season in IMSA I and I won the championship for my division and I racked up a few wins there. Nice, very good. But again, that was that's all set up. But all those videos are on my channel. But again, those videos are from 2013, I guess. Right. Well, very cool. Uh, and I look also noticed. There's no dirt starts. You haven't done a dirt road or dirt oval. No. So, yeah. So I stepped away from my racing from June of 2016 all the way until December. So I just got back into iRacing. I also have a torn rotator cuff in my right shoulder. Wow. So uh, I'm able to race, but it hurts, <laughs> you know, so I can see the idea of dirt to me makes my shoulder hurt, right? Because you, and honestly, it's not my style of racing. I like the big, heavy cars. You know, I do better in the, let's, let's put it this way. My worst oval car on iRacing is the street stock. I like the heavier car, right? So I like the heavier car that's planted, right? So I don't think I would do very good at dirt. All right. And you have a unique perspective of, You've gone away for that long period of time, and you come back, and what has changed? What do you feel? Is it better? Is it worse? I mean, dynamic track has happened in that time frame, and it was broken for a long time, and they recently fixed it, too, and the tire model's been updated, and all these different things have happened. The cars have been changed, and tracks a little bit. What do you feel? Is it different, or does it feel the same? Well, you could definitely feel the 
tire model. Uh, I don't have enough experience on the ovals for dynamic track. Um, I do like the visuals with the with the marbles, and you can see the the, the dirt on the track, and you can hear it on your tires. That's cool. Um, to me, I think the biggest change has been, as you know, if you go back in your archives around episode 40, you know, I think I actually think one of your episodes is titled "Fix the Damn Fix Setups" or something, right? Because <laughs> it was bad. I mean, yeah. and morale was terrible. You know, if you recall, re remember when they made Dover's the, the for the Irish NASCAR series seventy five percent length instead of fifty, and somebody posted on the forums like three days before the race, Hey, this is wrong. And they did nothing. They didn't fix it. And they never, ever even apologized for it afterwards. Uh, you know, that, that used to happen all the time. There used to be, you know, game breaking bugs and they would have no, no comment. They would have no, a apology. Right. Uh, the morale of everybody on the service was just really, really low. And, you know, one thing I've noticed is they brought in Tyler Hudson to be somebody who interacts with people on the forums. And that, to me, brings in some positivity because just to get the feedback, hey, we hear you. Hey, we're working on it. You know, that's all we really needed. And, um, and honestly, ever since I got popular, you know, being popular has some benefits. For those who don't know, I got to go to Skip Barber Racing School because of iRacing. iRacing sent me there as a thank you because I was bringing people to their service. Okay? So when you're at that kind of level, then you get a little bit more access. Okay? So I've talked to the developers. I've had conversations with them. And I've told them that this is what they're doing wrong in terms of the in terms of the community aspect and i brought up shows like yours and iRacing today uh and said you know it's not right that for me to get the information of what's going on in the service i need to go listen to a podcast that 99 percent of the people don't even know x exists and for the and for the people that don't speak english you know then they can't even listen to it right so uh, for so everything is better now you know I, that's what that's what i'm trying to say things were really really bad then i think things are things are a lot better now i think there's a lot of hope uh i think we're going to get into some news later on in the show that's going to you know even lead to more hope you know and uh, i can see the positivity in the forums now maybe i just have it with rose colored glasses but that's what i think yeah, it's definitely an upswing, and, and you're right. Um, the support level, the responsiveness of the staff to issues uh, is night and day different from what it was, you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago. The stability of the website, you know, we don't even talk about that anymore because it never goes down. Nobody realized that, that that problem quit happening finally. Um, but you're right. Right. I used to call it a rain delay and i used to put rain delay on my stream and so because the service used to go down all the time you know now you know you don't really have anything like that of course we're knocking on wood because they tell the 24 is, is coming up we don't want it to crash all right cool so
people can ho- watch you on your YouTube. That's where you're, or you Twitch mainly, or what? And it's called Rutgers Kev. Rutgers is like uh, after the college, right? Yeah, that's where I went to undergrad. So uh, yeah, in 2000 and uh, what? Boy, I'm dating myself. So 2003, I was playing online poker. I, I had to come up with an online screen name. So I came up with Rutgers Kev because I can't think of anything funny or interesting. And so the name stuck. So it's Rutgers Kev on uh, YouTube. That's the main place to go to. Uh, but you, if you want to just see me um, live without the edited races, then you can go to YouTube. I mean, Twitch, twitch.tv slash Rutgers Kev. I don't really have a set schedule right now. I'm going to run the Autobahn series every other Monday night. I just ran it yesterday. And I am going to run in the major series. Uh, if you don't know the major series, I would love to talk to you about it. The Pacific major. It used to be the Pacific majors, but now, oh, it's, I see. now it's, now it's the majors. Aha. Uh, they've changed it because now they have, I, I'm, I am being a shill for it, but this is, I'm very excited about it. They actually have four different, uh, series now for four different time zones. They have a time zone that's better for Europe, a time zone that's better for the Atlantic, a time zone that's better for the Pacific, and I think a time zone that's better for the Aussies. And each one is broadcasted. Nice. Right. So they have 16 races over the course of the calendar year, and they're all major races that are all basically full distance. So it starts with the 2.4 hours of Daytona in the old IMSA cars the Audi and the, and the Nissan. And then two weeks later, it's the Daytona 500 in the, in the cup car. Right. Oh, and, wow. it, and, it, and it just goes on and on and on. Like the, the Indy 500 and the Indy car, right. They're doing, you know, a, any single major race that you can think of that's in iRacing is part of, part of the series, including dirt. Very good. And the league is free to all, uh, you know, they, uh, you can be a pro member of the league by paying money. I am a pro member of the league because I'm sure the cost of this thing is through the roof to have four broadcasted races. Uh, so I, uh, so I gave him money. You have extra benefits if you're a pro member, but it's free. And what they do is during the week they have a, uh, they have multiple sessions where you can set a time, and the fastest times go into the broadcasted race. Very good. Yeah, I've heard of that. Uh, see, see uh, information about those all, all the time. Looks like a pretty neat series. Let's get into uh, racing and topics next. Uh, I guess, uh, Tony, uh, you and William and I will trade off topics. And uh, Dave and Kevin, you guys jump in whenever you want. Road to Bro is uh, tonight, guys. Sonoma. I'm still on the fence if I'm going to do this because it is going to affect my oval eye rating. I've been doing so horrible in the series that, uh, you know, I don't know that I need to run Sonoma, you know, to tell you the truth. So I'm still on the fence. The race is coming up in about an hour or so, and I don't know if I'm going to run it. I I know that one of our teammates, James O'Brien, is going to run it. He's been pretty excited. Uh, What do you guys think? I know, Tony, you're skipping. Yeah, I don't don't have much choice. I don't have the track. like I said, same song every week for me, but uh, we're coming up to a few tracks here that I that I do have, so I'll be jumping in then. You know, I think if you guys are going to skip out on it, I'll probably skip out on it, um, just so I could get this thing posted to YouTube a little quicker. Um, I did some practice, and I just wasn't that comfortable as I used to be with the 
new A car changes. So if you guys it's are different, it's out, harder. Yeah, if you guys are gonna sit it out, I'll probably sit it out, get this thing posted to YouTube a little bit quicker, so I'm not up all night. Um, and I've been working a lot on setups for the trucks for Daytona, so I might focus on that a little bit tonight. Yeah. How great of an idea is Road to Pro? I mean, that wasn't a a round before I left. I mean, one race a week, and it's split. It's perfect. Yep. And the new version of Road to Pro starts at Daytona, where you have to run in the trucks, and it's every other week. So it's once every two weeks. I mean, one race a week. You know, the, um, it's open setups. I I like to run fixed, but that's fine, you know. And it's split, so people with the lower I rating, you know, can still have great races. Uh, you know, uh, hats off to I racing. I'm not running Sonoma just for the simple fact that I just I haven't really run the car on that track, and I'm not comfortable, so I don't want to be a hindrance to everybody else. Yeah, you need practice for sure if you're going to go out there. I ran a few laps of practice, and the car is different than it was last summer uh, for sure. Uh, I could definitely keep the car on the track last summer. This time, I was struggling to keep it on the track. Yeah, it's it's really hard to get the power down. Um, I was short shifting just to keep from breaking the wheels loose, and a couple times I'd even be in third gear and be able to break the back end out from underneath me. So um, the set we have was a lot better than the fixed set, but it still was it's still not enough for me to be truly comfortable out there. Yeah, so I'm on the fence. I don't know yet. We'll see. Uh let's get into GRC and other racing you guys might have done. Now, I'll talk about mine first because guess what? I got my second career win in Global Rally Cross. This time a feature win in the C series. Uh I've been digging for that a long time. I can't I felt like Casey uh excuse me, um Elliot, Chase Elliot out there with all the second place finishes, just wondering when my win was coming, and I finally got one. It was pretty uneventful, actually. Um, I ended up on the pole, uh, getting the whole shot, and leading every lap to the checkered flag, and I had no challenge. Uh, at at most, they were 1.5 seconds back uh, as far as being close. So I kept the gap, and it worked. Yeah, I watched that race. Um, yeah, you just kind of check out, get a clean start, and just bring it home. No real mistakes. So that was, it was a little uneventful to watch, but sometimes, hey, that's what it takes to win. Yeah, a win is a win is a win, right? <clears throat> yeah, I would have been. Uh, I would have loved to have been uh, able to watch that too when you when you finally cross that uh, that finish line. I can only imagine the excitement you had after digging for so long for it. Well, I yeah, and I've been running a lot in. Uh... In the over the holidays here because I had some off time, and uh, I was it was feast or famine. It was either like top three or I'm going to be wrecked out. Usually in turn one of lap one, and that's kind of how those races go. But I finally put one together. Uh, looking at the points, I'm 22nd in my division seven in GRC. So just kind of watching that and see how it goes. Uh, how about you guys? Any other good racing you want to report on here? <laughs> I, I I did a little bit just just goofing around racing. I I, I ran some um, Dallara Dash and and the you know the pickup trucks, but uh, man, I, I really I really need this NIS series to get back. Um, I 
I'm losing focus, and when I when I do finally hit the track, man, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> if it was easy, nobody would do it. Yeah, I um, I didn't get a whole lot of races in this week. I did a lot of practice for the Daytona 24, but I actually picked up a win this morning in um a hosted midget race. Um, I was second nice. the whole race. Made a mistake going into turn one at Lanier. Third place dive bombed me and then wrecked the leader. So it kind of got lucky on that one, brought that one home. And um, yeah, so that's the only race that I had to do this week. Well, congrats. That's a hard, hard car. So if you can bring it home first, you, you're doing something for sure. I haven't really been racing. All I've really been doing is practicing for the 24 hours because I'm going to be the first one in the car so first three hours going to be fairly important yeah I, I ran some practice as well in the ferrari and it's a new car for me the gt3 i think it's slow as a dog is that kind of how i felt and i don't know if that's just me but uh but i can get around the track without wrecking so i think i'm okay like i said mike that's that's just you they like i said they had to put out a patch because when that car first came out it was that much faster than the other cars. Yeah, what are you running, Kevin? My wife travels for business, and she was gone last week. So I have two kids. So my racing time was—I didn't get—I didn't get the race last week. So I skipped. Uh, I'm running the IMSA series and the GT3 series. I'm mainly focused on the Merc. That's my car of choice. Um, so I skipped Spa, and I forgot where IMSA was. Okiyama. Um, so, but I'm still 30th in points in basically both uh, series, which is even with a missed week. So that's that's pretty good. Um, I did run the uh, the Autobahn Sports Car Series at Suzuka, so you can find um, the broadcast of that on the Global Sim Racing Channel on YouTube, and um, that was broadcast on iRacing Live as as well. Oh, that's cool to get in one of those races. Uh, a lot of people see that. Honestly, that's. I mean, if you're looking for a league, why wouldn't you find one that's broadcasted? I mean, that's that's my advice. Yep. All right, let's jump into the topics. Will, you're first. All right, so yeah, we got a comparison video here posted up of a... Let me pull this up here. So I got my notes organized from last week, so it's a lot better than last week. So Drew Adamson posted up a really cool video of him running out Watkins Glen in the Miata. Um, half the screen is real life and half the screen's eye racing. And he puts a really good lap in and was within, I believe, like just a little over a tenth of a second. So really cool video showing real life to eye racing and the detail and how accurate the cars are. These are always fascinating videos. I love it when people put these together. Yeah, and the fact that they were so close in lap times, um, if I'm not mistaken, it was just around a tenth of a second. It, I, actually, it wasn't even a tenth. It was five one hundredths of a second on a two-minute one, uh, excuse me, two-minute eleven-second lap. Yeah, no, that that's impressive. And I don't know where he mounts. I assume he has a GoPro of some sort. Where he mounted that on his helmet, because it's basically the same exact eye level as what he was getting in his oculus but yeah no it just like the detail and if in fact if you pay close attention to the real life he actually has cars like right on him so 
He's um he's definitely getting it done out there for sure. If that you is... watch carefully, you can see the differences in the scenery and stuff too. Yeah, because it's because they change the signage every year, you know, and obviously Walkit's good hasn't been updated. Uh, imagine if his iRacing video was was in like Max Graphics. Right. You know, it's again that's just another example of how of how great a sim we have. You know, people talk about the the cult of iRacing, and I'm definitely a member of the cult of iRacing. You know, we're paying a lot of money for iRacing. Why would we race anything else? I mean, that you this video just shows you what we have. Yep. All right, pretty cool. Check that out. You can uh, search that in the forums. Cool comparison video. Next up, I'll take was something I caught in a forum that's closed that we can't share links on, so I had to get a screenshot of it. Um, but the there was a post about, hey, what has iRacing taught you? And I thought it was an interesting question to ask our group. Uh, because there were some very interesting answers in that uh, Facebook post. I'll read some of them. Uh, one guy says, iRacing taught me to be the point of the exact limit of my medication. iRacing taught me common sense isn't too common. iRacing taught me that I really like driving Miatas. iRacing taught me there are more idiots out there besides myself. So what would you say, guys, if uh, what did iRacing teach you? I'll go first. You know, I'm not going to give those funny answers. You know, iRacing has made me a better racing fan. I've been a racing fan my entire life, but especially doing the NIS, you know, um, being able to, in the top splits, I actually have some ability to drive the car, unlike some people, right? <laughs> but, you know, being able to control your car on the limit and have the you know have another car right there next to you and and what these guys do in, in uh real life at a much better level and to appreciate what the aliens can do in this game as opposed to what i can do i mean the amount of car control that these guys have is amazing yep i was going to say i racing taught me racecraft you know the mechanics of how a race is run lucky dogs wave arounds uh, pit strategy, two tires, four tires, don't pit, pit, you know, I've only ran five laps on these tires. Should I pit, you know, that kind of stuff. I think I've, I would have never known all that without iRacing. And I really feel like I've learned it very well. Yeah. For myself, I'd have to say it'd be a combination of both of your guys' answers. Now I'm, um, I don't know. You call me uh, like a, a stupid race fan. I I love racing. Um, I I I don't get into a lot of the particulars. I just I, I sit back and I watch it and I enjoy what's going on. And when stuff happens, I get excited. And when stuff doesn't happen, um, I get bored and go get a beer. Um, so kind of a combination of of both what you guys said um, is what I racing has taught me. Taught me to kind of get more in depth and actually enjoy the in-depthness of how far this stuff goes it's 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 a crazy rabbit hole um that yeah okay well david you know i i really don't have a good answer for this one um stumped you well i i grew up racing and since i was probably 
I don't know, seven, eight years old, go-karts and stuff all the way till I was about 18, 19. And I did some other stuff in my life and got away from it. And it just, it brought me back to how much I love racing. Um, I spent a lot of time away and about, I don't know, five, six years away from racing just completely because it was such a big part of my life. And I feel more up to date now than ever before as far as just all the news, different disciplines are racing. I just really got to jump back in from a new perspective and, yeah, I we do pay for iRacing, but it's much cheaper than a real race car. So it just reignited my spark for and love for racing, and I'm I'm in a good place right now. And I I thank iRacing for that, and it just retaught me how much I loved it. That's a very good answer, actually. All right, David. Uh I mean, it just taught me like how lucky we are, like, and how honestly. Just, man, how good technology has progressed and how it's so much like the real thing. I mean, I remember running, you know, NASCAR 2 on, in 1996 on a, you know, with, with a keyboard and not knowing the slightest bit of what I'm doing to having a wheel and, and you know, get, getting around the track like you do nowadays. I, you know, I, I never thought it'd be like this 20 years ago. Yeah, progressed. All right, uh, Tony, you got the next one. Yeah, this one uh, it's about that iRacing Libraries of the Week. Um, this is posted on uh, RedBullGlobalRallyCross.com. And uh, what they initially planned to do was highlight a single iRacing team um, whose libraries had particularly impressed them. Um, this week they uh, they said we're in, we're in a in a celebratory mood, so they're going to put the spotlight on three, and it, you know, it's a full page uh, write up with uh, the three teams, the the pictures of their cars, and uh, it's uh, VEC Sim Racing and Red Face Racing and Fitzy Racing, and uh, some great picks of all three teams. It's a really really cool thing to. Uh, to do and really, really get it out there. Um, they're really taking a hold of this. Oh yeah. And, uh, the paints are really good too. Um, so pretty cool that they're putting this up there on their website and, uh, featuring some of these iRacers paints. And you can get pretty creative with the way these cars are laid out, you know, uh, with these dirt cars. But we'll talk about uh, some more creative paints next. Uh, Will, you get the monster topic here. It's got like 20 links in it, but uh, I can help you out if you need help. Uh, yeah, well, it should be okay here. I, I was a very excited to see this news. Um, Chili Bowl is coming to iRacing. So um, they announced that, I believe, Friday, Saturday? Yeah, it's been but, trickling out over several days, lots yeah, of this information. Yeah, and they've kind of really gone all in. Um, this week, obviously, is Chili Bowl. I think they start practice, or maybe heat races today. There's over, I believe, 350 entrants this year. But for those of you who don't know, Chili Bowl is an annual thing. It's in Tulsa, and it's probably the biggest dirt race event next to Knoxville Nationals. It's um, all midgets, the USAC midgets, and... Yeah, no, there's a ton of information. So right off the bat, they showed two cars, one for Kyle Larson, one Christopher Bell, and they are just beautiful cars. Um, sponsored by iRacing. Um, 
So we have that there. And I mean, those paints. So, I mean, let's look at those paints. They are amazing. Uh, I mean, you can really tell they're iRacing paint jobs from far away. I mean, they really cover the whole car, so to speak. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, they really came out good. And these are Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell, our stars from NASCAR. Awesome. And the, and the merch, too. Awesome. Yeah, and we're going to look at that, too, here. Yeah, so not, along with those paint jobs, which you, you could see on the YouTube version of the podcast, I'll post those pictures up. Um, we got some news from Steve Myers. They will be scanning and photographing the track this weekend. Um, there was a little bit of worry about the flights getting canceled because of the blizzard back there. and uh, But they got there in time. They posted up some photos of them at the track with a nice, fresh, clean dirt. Not even raced on yet. So that was a really nice shot. Now, um, for people yeah. that don't realize, this Tulsa, Oklahoma track has a roof on it, folks. A roof. This is like an indoor track. Yeah, no, it's it's indoors. It's a it's a fairly big building. From my understanding of the layout, is they have the track and grandstands on one side, um, the pits on another, and then they have like a shopping area and a, like a trade show. So, I mean, it's a week long event for sure. And I'm curious to see what the uh, helicopter and chopper view look like. So the blimp. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when I saw that picture. What about the blimp? That and none of the dirt tracks have an external pit lane. Um, but Chili Bowl is such a small track, they do have external pits, so you, if I'm not mistaken, come onto the track, coming out of four, and then go out, coming, going into three, so I don't know if this will be the first track we get where we actually pit outside of the track, um, is one of the things and questions that kind of came up in the forums. So, they started scanning it, like, two days before the actual event started, and they're going to scan it, I understand throughout the event to kind of catch the track as it changes. It's pretty interesting that they're doing it during the, you know, yearly event. Normally when they go scan tracks, like a pavement track, they do it when nobody's there, you know, but this is kind of the opposite. And I guess that's because it's dirt, right? Yeah. The track cause that track. I mean, it's indoor, it's small and there's so much racing going on. It will, it'll be grippy and really fast and start to slick off and, then it kind of rubbers down and you get a couple good grooves. So it's one they're definitely, I'm curious to see the logistics of it, but they're going to really have to scan that thing quite a few times. Cause that thing goes through so many transitions throughout the day. Then they clean it up because it's a multiple day event. You'll start the day with the great track, end it on a bad track and then they fix it up overnight. So there's definitely gonna have to be a lot of work put into this because it is a, uh, it's definitely changing. It's definitely going to be probably one of the better dynamic tracks we get. And it uh, didn't take long before the painters uh, put up some replica paint jobs of Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell's car. Uh, you can get it right for, for yourself right on Trading Paints. And so check that out if you guys have the dirt midget and want to run that paint. Uh, it looks really sharp, like I said. Yeah, and they actually, um, I believe that was Colby Eye Paints that posted yep, that up. Yep, Colby Eye Paints. And uh, they also, I think just this morning, released a kind of a video showing the Chili Bowl Nationals. And it's actually really well done because they go from live shots to the sim. 
Um, it's kind of hard to tell the difference, too. I saw that. Yeah, they're not on the Chili Bowl surface because so they haven't even scanned it yet. So if you look at the background, you'll see they're at Lanier and other tracks. But just like the way the car's rotating and starts to do a wheelie and it'll transition from real life to the sim is just – it's probably one of the most beautiful, beautifully edited shorts I've seen yet. So they put a lot of time. I think everyone on the dirt racing community is really excited about this, and it's definitely going to be a great addition to the sim. Yeah, Kyle Larson took to Twitter, hey, excited about this. Thank you, iRacing, for your support at this year's event. Hopefully, uh, Christopher Bell or I can get it in victory lane. And as Kevin mentioned, there's merchandise at ourracewear.com. You can get Kyle Larson t-shirts, hoodies, and whatnot. And these are awesome shirts because... They have eye racing on them, folks. They look cool. Yeah, the eye racing T-shirts that you can get in the eye racing store are are terrible. I wouldn't wear those in public, uh, but these are really cool. Yes, they say Kyle Larson. They have a picture of the eye racing midget car, uh, blue or gray or black. It looks like there's also stickers and can koozies. Yeah, Christopher Bell's got a pretty sweet shirt as well with the it's it's an all black shirt. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna be picking up um the Kyle Larson one being from California. Um nothing against Christopher Bell, I just like Kyle Larson a little bit more, but they're both beautiful shirts. Yep. Yeah, pretty cool, pretty cool. And the video they put out, like you said earlier today. Uh, you can get that at uh, Twitter, iRacing. Uh, they posted it there. It's already got 6,600 views, but uh, pretty cool, uh, like an excitement kind of video about this uh, new track. All right. Uh, Tony, what's next? Well, iRacing.com threw up a Twitter post. Mitchell DeJong undefeated in his 30 plus i racing dirt road starts um that is freaking crazy like we know this guy's good but you know undefeated how do you do that and he's i think he's the highest rated i rating person in dirt road right now i ran with him in one race or i ghosted a race he was in actually and his, I, I don't remember the exact number, but it was way higher. It was way much more than everybody else. Again, just shows how real, how real this thing is. Yeah, because he's an actual GRC driver in real life. He's running it every week. Yes. Man, he's no slouch either. I mean, he ran the uh, Formula One iRacing series the last few years as well and, and ran very well there as well. Just statistically, to do 30-plus races without being crashed on turn one is impressive. I know. How um, do you do that? I think that's that's getting to the top split, I think, is the key because I don't do those races too often because I feel like it's either wreck turn one or you can have a decent finish. But, yeah, I think that top split's definitely definitely where you want to be if you want some good, clean, hard racing. Yep. All right, uh, I'll take next topic here. 
the ro the roar before 24 is this weekend guys it's coming up and uh, iRacing put out on Twitter a, a little short video to promote the Roar Before 24, and it was kind of a neat-looking video. Uh, my problem with it is not the same cars that were running in the 24. I always used it as a warm-up for the 24, but they're running a whole different set of cars, and it, it doesn't make sense to me at all. I, you had mentioned that last week. It is this, um, Since they went to 24 hours, the Roar has been these cars. I ran it in, in the MX-5. Okay, so maybe I'm thinking of the first year we did it or something. I don't know. I remember the Roar not being these cars, but, um, yeah, since they went to full 24 hours instead of 2.4 hours, the Roar has been these cars. Oh. Uh, so just jumping ahead, I'm running the MX-5. Um, I suck at it, but at least I suck at that worse than the other cars. <laughs> and... Um, I'm just going to use it as a test for my rift. I'm doing a triple stint in the 24 hours. Uh, so I'm just going to use it to see if I can, you know, be comfortable with using the rift for 2.4 hours. Right. Yeah. It's a good, uh, warm up for sure. What about the rest of you guys, David, I would think you're going to run it. I might, I might not. I'm undecided. Um, also another big important note, qualifying is going on all this week. So qualifying goes till Friday. Um, I know they don't always put that out like next week. I'm going to be hunting for qualifying so we can qualify for the 24 hours. Yep. But it is split by, uh, I rating. Keep that in mind. Yeah. You're just qualifying for the split you're going to be in. Right. Right. So while that's important, it's not the most important thing. Uh, unlike the Indy 500, for an example. Yep. All right, Will, what you got next? So we had a question posted up in the forums. Um, yeah, should iRacing add a I'm not qualifying button? And he's talking about the probably the GRC rookie series where you have to wait eight minutes for qualifying to be over before you can move to the next session. Yeah, we have over 100 votes, and 74% said yes, 26% no, and I'm definitely voted, I definitely voted yes on that one. Um, whether it's oval, road, dirt, they provide us way more than enough time to get our laps in, and there's a lot of downtime if even just one guy doesn't qualify, so I'm, I'm a definite yes on that. How about you guys? Now, the OP reads like he wants to be in a split with only people that aren't qualifying. You know, the people who post later make points that when everybody hits it, then it, then it should ad ad advance, which if you read the OP, that's not really what he's saying. Yeah, good point. But the problem with the if it was like we're just trying to get it to advance, so we don't have to wait full eight minutes, there's going to be one guy that's you know, went to go get beer and he's not going to push the button and he's going to make us wait the whole eight minutes anyway. Well, I always like to go to the bathroom and, and get a drink before my races. So that's what I use it for. Well, let's look at it that way. I mean, you rely on the fact, you know, when the start's going to happen, right? When you get up from your computer. So if this was implemented, 
it's possible they could go to grid when you're not ready, when you're still in getting grab, you know, going to the restroom. Right, unless they offer this suggestion that everybody has to hit it, which I mean, I agree with. Uh, the, you have two minutes to grid, but if everybody grids, the race just starts. So I, I agree that if everybody hits the button, it sh maybe uh, the qual session should end. But uh, I don't think that's possible. I think they just need to shorten the overall amount of time given. Like Will said, we don't need that much time. Look, if you can't get out there and run a couple laps at half speed and and still get it done, you know, in a four minutes, you know, so. Yeah, like, and the one thing is I say just flip the time with some of the practices. Practice gives you three minutes, and by the time you log in and load in, you barely have enough time to get up to speed. But then you get five minutes to qualify. If they flip those, you would typically probably get three to four minutes of practice and enough time to put in a couple good laps and yeah, kill some of that downtime. You guys are looking at this with oval, you know, views. You know, yeah. uh, Spec Racer Ford this week is at Daytona. You know how long that lap is, right? So you got you have to do the out lap, then you have to do two laps. Right, if that can't be done in five minutes, well, that's a good point. You want to have a consistent amount of time, or do we want it to vary by track? I'd be in favor of it varying by track, but right. there's so much. <laughs> I racing is very inconsistent with where they put their information. Uh, I would hate for the people who aren't as into this as we are to be. Okay, how long do I have? Do I have three minutes for this one? And I have five minutes for the next one? You know, let's, you know, there's three minutes of practice and there's eight minutes of qual. That's it. And you know it's going to start about 15 minutes after the hour. Yep. I realize on the oval side that sucks. I don't know. I mean, I thought they should run the, on the GRC, they should run the heats at the same time. You know, that would save us a ton of time. That's true, but it's a server issue. You're all on one server. You can't be right. So it's like there's some technical reason why, right? Yes. Right. All right, uh, Tony. What's next? Well, we got a post up here. Um, we are looking for 24 hour a day. You you can skip it. We're full. We're good. Already taken care of. Yeah, this is the post by David Flowers. Looking for drivers. Uh, you got enough, huh? We got eight people. All right, so we're all staffed up for our car. That's great to hear. You have, eight, pe you have eight people for one team? <laughs> yeah. Eight people for one team? Come on. This is endurance <laughs> racing. Where's the endurance? Yeah, where's the endurance, right? I'm running the least of anybody, so... Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to go get a different driver than Mike. He don't want to run the same amount of time as everybody else. I'm running three hours, and then an hour break, and then I'm running two hours. Man. I'm I'm running three hours, and then I come back to finish the final hour. Um, Actually, me, Will, and our buddy Chris are all running the most out of everybody. Which you can. The participation rules allow what we're trying to do. So you, uh, if I recall, you have to run 
everyone has to run at least 25% of 25%. So if it's a 24-hour race, 25% of that is what? Six hours. And 25% of that is an hour and a half. So an hour and a half is the minimum, basically. Yeah, everybody would have to run two stints, basically. Yeah, you got to run at least two stints. That's really the bottom line. So. And we have that covered. Yep. Yeah, but come on, two stints. You might as well just <laughs> sign up for any other race. Boo. Oh, that's funny. Who cares about sleep? It's a 24-hour race. All right, uh, we're, we're ready to go. So good job, David, on being team manager. You've done a fantastic job of rallying the troops. It's kind of like herding cats is what I told you originally. Uh, but you've been a good, uh, as far as keeping on everybody, making sure they got the car, they got practice, and they're on the team and all the little details it takes. So, uh, so far, so good. Yeah, it's it went a lot smooth, more smoother than I thought it would. Trust me. I mean, everybody did what I asked them to do pretty quick. And we got a handle knowing that everybody had a minimum of, uh, you know, safety rating and everything. And like going back to what you said real quick about the information being all in the different place. I thought the 24 hours was a minimum of a C license. So that's what I was telling everybody to have. And we luckily, we have that or better. So, and it, and I come to find out later, it was a D license. And it's just like, guys, you consistently put everything in the same spot. <laughs> I thought it's a D 4.0, which is equal to a C. Am that's I wrong true. on that? Oh, okay. That's what that is. Okay. Then yes, it's, I guess that's equal to a C, which we all have. So, All right. Will, what's up next? So it looks like a race of champions is actually starting their own e race of champions. Um it's presented by Logitech and it looks like it's gonna start next month. Um it's gonna try to bring the best from the virtual and real world together to race. That is so cool. And it's and one of the guys that are doing it is uh the McLaren's world's fastest gamer. Rudy Van Buren, who won the contest to be uh, the McLaren Sim driver for one year. And he's going to be there racing none other than Juan Montoya, David Coulthard, Joseph Newgarden, Helio Castro Neves, and others. And the iRacing GT3 champion. Right. And uh, there was a guy who was the Formula One E champ, or I, I wasn't familiar with that. Yeah, so the Formula One wasn't very popular here in America, and it was very gamey. Uh, it was a big turnoff to me. Yeah. You know, and we are going to talk about this later when we when we get the NASCAR. So, but as long as they make this seem real, I'm all in favor of it. You know, but if Juan Montoya hops in the car and is in is yucking it up and crashing people on purpose. You know, it's a big, big nag negative. But if every but if everybody goes in there and takes this uh, serious, then it's a big step. As long as they don't put any jet dryers on the track, we should be good. This is happening in Saudi Arabia, February second and third, and uh, they have sponsorship. And Logitech is the sponsor of this whole thing. And guess what? You know, money is what makes these things happen. 
And this probably wouldn't be happening without Logitech. So obviously they're a big company for sim racing and uh, good job Logitech getting involved. If I'm, not... oh, I'm sorry, you can go, man. No, I was going to say, like, this, this could turn out to be a, you know, a really, really good thing. I mean, we're, we're seeing kind of week in and week out getting a whole lot of um, exposure to to iRacing and, and sim racing in general and how viable it is uh, moving over uh, to the real world side. Um, you know, I, I see I see a lot of good things out of this stuff. Yeah, so let's be – so the Race of Champions is a yearly thing, and, and it rotates around, and in, it's in a stadium venue. So this year it's going to be in Saudi Arabia. So they take top drivers from all different series, like Kyle Busch raced in it. I think won it last year. So they are going to take the real-life Race of Champions venue and sim it into Asadio Corsa, and they are going to run a sim race with sim drivers and real-life drivers. Um, but – I mean, it's going to be run the same weekend as the real thing, right? So if it looks like the real thing, it's really good. If it looks like a video game where these guys aren't taking it seriously, it's very bad. Right. Because as we're going to get into with NASCAR later on, you know, this has the potential to be a true eSport. You know, I think in the next 15, 20 years, real sports – People won't even care about it. It's going to be just esports. E e and if uh, if sim racing wants to be one of the esports, it's got to be respected. And I would say like esports has grown so much, and racing esports is the only thing that really translates to real life. You exactly. You don't have people in jet plaques shooting each other in the military, but you have it in Call of Duty. League of Legends is nowhere near real. Um. Racing as an esport is one of the few things where you could go directly from racing in the esport series to racing in real life and vice versa. So if done properly, I think this is going to be something that will be much bigger in the future because obviously the cost of real racing is so high and sponsorships are getting few and far between. And if you take away the cost of racing but still have the same thrill for the spectator and – level of realism for the driver in the same challenge, I think it's going to be something that, yeah, definitely takes off. Um, it's, I feel like racing esports is a little slow compared to other other games, but I think in the long run it has the most potential. Well, what you're saying, you know, how it translates, that's what we need, you know. We, uh, you know, we're jumping ahead of ourselves. Maybe want to maybe want to do that topic next, but, you know, if NASCAR Heat 2 becomes the game of choice it's not going to take off because nascar heat 2 is a video game right but the skills the skills transfer over from iRacing to nascar as we see with william byron right so they need to get that message a across by having the right sim for it right if you're the top madden player in the world you cannot play quarterback for the colts right if you're the top I racer in the world, you can go out and 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 win the truck series, and it's been proven. Yep. And we'll get into that in a moment. I'm going to skip a couple of these in the interest of time. Uh, the next one is NIS participation credits. The thread has been taken down, but before it got taken down, I did read. Guess what? They did uh, put out NIS participation credits. I believe last week, 
And guess what? It helped me buy that Ferrari GT3 car that I bought as well. So thank you, iRacing, for finally putting that out after how many years uh, NIS has been in place without the participation credits. Now, I think I got 8 bucks, and I ran over the 30 weeks. I don't know what everybody else got. Did I read this right, Mike? They were only giving you credit for Season 4? They gave us a much as much credit as you would get if you ran a 12-week season, yes. But like season four. So like some people already had their $10 of credits from other series and got nothing. I mean, that seems a little wrong. Yeah, that, and, and maybe that's why the forum post got deleted by staff. Uh, it, the, it went south uh, a little right after everyone was, started complaining about the amount of the participation credits. I guess in, from my perspective, I'm glad to get anything at all because we've never gotten anything. So I'm just happy with that. Now, is the amount right? I have no idea. By the way, Mike, just to let everybody know, if you're wondering where your race participation credit tracker is, it is in your profile at the very bottom right of the page, right next to your mandatory participation racing statistics. Nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, things iRacing doesn't tell you that you find yourself digging around. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, so check that out. If you've been racing NIS, guys, you might have got some credits. So what do you guys think about the amounts? I mean, should I mean it's a 36-week season. Shouldn't it be proportionate to what they pay out for a 12-week season? Well, I... I think the fact that you know they pay out any credits for for playing their game is is pretty it's ludicrous, cool. yeah. So like, I I don't know. I I can't really I couldn't really complain. No matter you know hell they give me fifty cents off. That's fifty cents that I didn't have before, and all I'm doing is playing and having fun. So, um, yeah, I'm cool with it. I mean, eight bucks, Mike. I mean, yeah, you know, you, people are. Like, that's like Tony said. That's eight dollars. I mean, that's. That's almost a month of free eye racing right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying, you know, it's it's bad that they gave out credits. Of course it's good. But, you know, you run a full season, but you happen to run two other seasons in season four, and you get nothing. When if you didn't meet your participation credits in seasons two and three, for example, you know, it should be if you – you should get your 10 bucks if you didn't get a full 10 bucks in the other seasons. Yeah, I never got anything in the previous seasons. I got credits for the first time, I think, last season because I ran every race for the limited late model series. Um, I think it's cool they do it. I think it it's a good way to drive participation in the other series. Um, but they do have that $10 cap, so it sounds like if you ran the NIS and you are already getting credit, it hit that cap. So I think it'd be cool if they split it so like you could have a cap for running just NIS and a cap for the weekly series for like, say the silver, silver crown cars or the USAC sprint cars. But I don't know. Getting credits is cool. I don't, they, I don't know why people would get upset. Cause they never really gave a solid answer to begin with on how much and when. So that's true. That's well, no, 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 they, they, they did. That's, that's where the participation tracker comes in. Like right now through the off season, the only thing that you can get money on for the participation tracker is the Dirt Car 305 Sprint Car Series. You have to run all eight weeks, and then you get however many credits that equals. 
Well, I think the way it breaks down, if you run a car between, I think, D and C license, so say like the 305 Sprint um, or the limited late model, I think you get $4 per that series. So say if I ran every race for the 305 and the limited, I'd get a total of $8. And then if I'm not mistaken, B and A class series is, I think, $6 or... Eight dollars. Okay. I can't remember the exact. Okay, amount. so it's seven dollars if you run the A or B class cars. Gotcha. It's it's four dollars if you run the C or D. Okay, even though that adds up to eleven, the maximum amount that you can earn is ten. Wow. So, but all that all that should be chucked away. They should do what they're doing for Time Attack and only give participation credits to certain series. Like those series that are struggling, like the camel. Right. So they're trying to drive participation somewhere. If I'm not mistaken, I can't remember. I think it's usually on the home page of the member site, which I usually skip over. They have like a a featured series for the season where I think you get like twenty five dollar credits if you're at the top of that. I think they have the SCCA. Yeah, they have something cards. like that. Yeah. If you're the winner, but you know, guys like us are not going to be the winner. I mean, right. I'm I'm in Division One. I'm never going to win. Yeah, I definitely feel like it's something that if done right, it could definitely help participation in those lower series, which I think is much needed. But I think this was kind of just the all whole mess. <laughs> it was a great idea in 2013 when they started it. You know. <laughs> It needs to be revamped. I mean, it obviously isn't designed for these long seasons, these 36-week seasons. And so they're kind of work, doing a workaround just to appease people because somebody on the staff said they would do it. And uh, But they need to rethink this for the upcoming year. They should redo it and publish exactly you know what the terms are, you know. All right, Tony, let's keep moving. What's next? Well, uh, looks like it's a pretty big announcement on the GRC side of things. Um, they're bringing in uh, the Subaru car and uh, short course off-road trucks. They've they've both been confirmed. Um, I mean, that's 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 pretty wild. It's, I didn't expect to have so much so soon. I was expecting you know some more tracks and stuff, but uh, you know, some more cars and trucks. That is decent. Please tell me it's the Robbie Gordon Stadium trucks. That would be awesome. I wish I did a little bit more. Uh... <laughs> they haven't said, but I mean. Yeah, they haven't said. It's but... trucks that run on dirt. So we can do the math here. Yeah. Well, what this is, uh, this was a, a big interview with none other than Steve Myers, the executive vice president at iRacing. And he had some points it's a very long interview. It's at the Red Bull website at redbull.com if you want to check it out. Um, but I'm going to read a couple points here. I'll help you, Tony, uh, go through this. I'll take the first one. I'm going to read this quote. We have a pretty long list of requirements for building any car for our sim, and the GRC cars are no different in that respect. What was extremely valuable was having Graham Quinn, lead engineer for the Andretti Autosport Red Bull GRC team, and Scott Speed, three-time Red Bull GRC champion, involved in the development of the cars and the VW Beetle specifically. I'm not sure if we 
have ever received more information on a car than we did on the Beetle. Because both of these guys are big fans of iRacing and wanted to see their car accurately modeled. It was a pretty long development process, and both Graham and Scott drove the car throughout, providing incredible feedback to get the cars driving as accurately as possible. Spot, Scott spent quite a bit of time driving the sim and giving us feedback right before the Indianapolis race weekend and went on to pretty much destroy everyone that weekend. I sent Graham a message somewhat jokingly after the weekend saying that all that sim time must have helped. And his response was that topic did come up in our debrief. Uh, this is the type of feedback that makes a development team feel really good about the job they did. Yeah, I mean... Absolutely. Um, <laughs> of course, that would make them feel really good. And all that time spent behind the sim um, obviously helped. I mean, we, we see that all the time. Uh, people uh, talking about that real life racers, right? Yeah. So and it, it, it's so fun to drive these cars. I just love them. I'm not even going to comment on my driving. You've watched me plenty. <laughs> I still have fun, though. <laughs> and then what um, else, uh, Tony? A track? Yeah. Um, says, in fact, they just signed our first European Rallycross track. Um, won't be able to collect the data to build it until the springtime, though. Um, they also have a few Rallycross configurations in the design process and hope to have at least one new one in our March release. So that's, you know, that, that, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I wasn't expecting a track so soon. Three months later. Uh, the final tidbit here in the interview I thought was interesting is, he said, once we did all the dynamic track surface project, we immediately went right to work on dirt because all the engineers that created that technology were already up to speed with what was going on with the code. This led to dirt oval racing and GRC and leads to another exciting project this year with the short course off-road trucks. So, boy, I hope it's... Uh, that's going to be so cool, those big trucks. I think, yeah, we know now what the next step of the license is going to be. Is seems like it's going to be rally cars and then the short course trucks. So yep. hopefully that gives us a path to the A license on the door. Yeah, that would be B and A probably, yeah, right? Side, yeah. And Subaru's coming. That's a lot of big news there, guys. All right, let's get into the biggest news topic of the week. Will, you got it. Of the year. Yeah, so I actually I've, I haven't read up a whole lot on this, but yeah, I was checking my phone the other day at work, and it says NASCAR is pairing to have eSports events run alongside race weekends. Um, they're finalizing an eSports venture that would stage – racing themed video game competitions during event weekends across the sports starting this season, according to sources. Um, and one of the funniest or best comments right off the bat was, this better not be NASCAR heat. So I think we're all hoping it's iRacing, but no official news there. But NASCAR is going to break into the eSports world. Now, there was another report from NESN Fuel at NESN.com, which we've uh, quoted before and. And they say it's going to be like this. The trackside tournaments reportedly will be held in haulers and run on two platforms to accommodate fans of every skill level. For the casual gamers, there will be competitions on NASCAR Heat 2, 
which is the officially licensed game for the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. But NASCAR will also have tournaments for advanced sim racers utilizing iRacing. So it sounds like they're going to do both. Sounds like they are, and that's going to give people a very warped perception, especially if they're using NASCAR Heat 2, because I'm sorry that the game is terrible, even for a NASCAR sim. <laughs> well, I don't think it's going to give any kind of warped sense of anything. Um, I mean, they're, they're going to they, they got to throw NASCAR Heat 2 and the developers of that game a bone because it's their it's their you know, that's that's their flagship console game. Um, you know, the the real bread and butter of this whole thing is going to be the iRacing for obvious reasons. But it, it kind of leads into, you know, like what uh, Dale Jr. was talking about, you know, uh, a fourth NASCAR league. Um, yeah, this is awesome. Well, look at when the uh, peak series, it wasn't called that at the time, started. If you go to NASCAR.com and then you go to standings, there's Cup Series, Nationwide, Trucks, and the iRacing NASCAR series right there. It was the fourth officially NASCAR series. Uh, it's not there anymore if you click on standings, but that was the idea. I mean, this is a little early with the information, but the uh, but the potential here is huge. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they just have haulers with NASCAR heat rigs just for fans to jump in and have a little fun and then run the peak drivers on iRacing and that be the the primary competition. I kind of read it as they just let the it's just you know behind the grandstands and the fans walk up and stand in line and they can run and sit in a iRacing rig and run, race you know. Yeah, again, really, really early, but I mean, so okay, I am a the developer of NASCAR Heat Two. Okay, I've paid money to be the officially licensed game of NASCAR. Okay, am I really going to allow my product to be presented side by side with iRacing and go, hey, look, this is the video game and this is the real thing. This thing is obviously better than your crappy NASCAR Heat 2. You know, I think there's a business side of this that's a little sketchy. Yeah, and I haven't been able to find a second source that said iRacing would be used as a second platform. Only this one website has said it and they don't quote anybody. You know, you know, I'm NASCAR Heat too. I'm the officially licensed game, but I'm not as good as iRacing. I, you know, at the track, I'm not too sure about that. But, you know, what I could see happening is NASCAR Heat two, you know, being front and center with the simulators the fans could do, and then on big screens run the at run the live right then, you know, run the peak series race. Yeah. See, that that right there is exactly how I read it. The the trackside stuff would be all the NASCAR Heat too, and then um, I never thought of the you know broadcasting on the big screen, but um, the other side of it using the iRacing, racing, just not because they said you know for the advanced sim racer, well, you know uh, I'm sure a lot of them go to the races, but a lot of the guys standing in line are going to be uh, wanting to check out NASCAR Heat too, um, but. I really like that whole idea of broadcasting um, a peak series race right at the track. Pretty cool. Lots of neat ideas uh, going around about this. Uh, Parker Kligerman, 
as you might know, is an NBC analyst. Uh, he's won a truck race here or there. Uh, he uh, posted about 10 different tweets with some uh, his opinion about this, and I'm going to read some of them because I think they're interesting ideas. Um, he says, I believe if it is not done with iRacing, it's a misstep. There can be two simultaneous competitions, but iRacing 1 should be the Cup Series of the E-Racing League. Then you get teams, drivers, sponsors to, quote, own teams. Then they take the live broadcast of every race and post it to their social media, creating a reach that would be quite large, exposing new eyes to the series and making eSports NASCAR a destination eSport. Also creating a talking point amongst drivers and teams on real race weekends about how their e-team did and building a bona fide interest in the races and the drivers of their favorite real driver teams and sponsor teams. So he's saying, let's tie the two together. Let's have a, you know, a Chase Elliott team, you know, that runs the Chase Elliott colors and whatnot in the sim or something like that. I think that's what they're talking. Or have the Hendrick team. Right. You know, and it doesn't even have to be Napa. You know, it could be another sponsor. You know, a, 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 uh, it's, an, it's another way to get some revenue f- for Hendrick and have Hendrick p- pay the driver. Right. And the, his last point, Parker said, lastly, the only way it, it is truly successful is when an e-NASCAR driver is able to make a living doing it hence destination series, the prize money slash salary compensation must be a number that increases with league growth spread throughout to create a viable product. For NASCAR and sponsors and real-life drivers, it should be considered a marketing expense of the sport. With the incredible small barrier of entry compared to real racing, the opportunity is there with an insignificant investment. Potential for growth is very large, bringing eyes. And I'm not going to read the rest of them, but obviously he's got some really good ideas about this. Right. And it has to be presented as real. You know, it can't be presented as a bunch of nerds in their basement. Yeah, exactly. You know, they need to, they need to take these top sim drivers and bring them to the track on certain occasions and go, Hey, you know, this driver is not as good as Denny Hamlin, but he's close. And put it on the big screens for all the grandstands, like uh, an hour before the real race or something. Well, that would be a pipe dream, but there's so much of the business aspect. You know, I don't have. Has anybody ever been to NASCAR race? Oh yeah. It's yeah. the the grand the backs of the back of the grandstand is one big marketing tool, right? So, is the sponsors of the race, the sponsors of the track, really going to give up space for iRacing? But if if on Saturday afternoon is the uh, nationwide series, why can't the peak series then be Saturday night? There you go. You know, it doesn't it doesn't have to be specifically on track. Right. If if it's presented as real, if it's presented as these skills matter, and uh, it can be on it can be on Fox Sports too. Right. You know. Uh, but it has to be presented that way and it has to, has to give off the impression. If I encourage people to go look at the F1 eSports and you'll see that it wasn't presented the same way. 
Uh, one more tweet I have from our runner-up in the Peak Series this year, Logan Clampett, who's a friend of this podcast. Uh, he he put on Twitter, so this esports thing is interesting. If they don't use iRacing, it's going to be god-awful. This rumor could be big for some of us in the sim racing on the oval side. Can't get my hopes up yet, but this sounds pretty dang cool. Wishing the best for this to happen. Well, obviously he he does. <laughs> because <laughs> he's got the potential to make some money. Well, that's the thing. The, the the guys in the Peak Series are really sitting in the catbird seat with this announcement. You know, if anyone's going to get something out of it, it's going to be those guys. I feel like it's a good time for it to break through, too, because we finally have a dedicated path to the Pro Series. You have the Road to Pro running every other week of the Peak Series, and then the off season has the the pro series. So I feel like they have everything in line on the sim now to have a nice, simple, understandable progression to the peak series. Um, so yeah, it would, it would really be a huge step back for NASCAR and esports if they don't use iRacing. I feel like, I feel like they have everything in line with the sim. NASCAR just needs to step up and do it right. And then take it to the, the next step. If it gets really popular and 10,000 people want to join iRacing, that's 10,000 new steering wheels. If there's 10,000 new steering wheels, there's going to be a, a lot of companies making steering wheels, which means the cost of steering wheels will go down, which means the barrier to entry is going to be lower, et cetera, et cetera. This is nothing but good news if it's done right. Yep. And the sponsorship opportunity as well, if you're a Hendrick fan and you know like their up-and-coming guys using a Fanatec wheel or – and AccuForce, and they're promoting that on their car. It's there's a huge line of revenue and potential there. Um, that I feel like iRacing gives that no other sim out there can. Yeah, this is amazing news. Uh, that NASCAR is really working on this, and they're going to do it this year. So let's just hope they do it right, like everyone's worried about. I'm also hoping too that at some point they. I, I know you said the NASCAR Heat 2s on the console and everything, Tony, but I mean, when, when I think of console racing, I, I don't think of a NASCAR game. I, I haven't for years. They they need to make iRacing the official racing game of NASCAR and just keep it on PC where it belongs. But nobody wrote NASCAR a check for that. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure they told iRacing that you could be the official thing by paying us X amount of money. Oh, I know. I, I'm, I'm just saying it'd be nice. Well, NASCAR care. needs to bite the bullet and realize what's best for the overall project is what needs to happen. Plus, I mean, a lot of the good drivers coming into NASCAR right now use iRacing as a tool. They're, they speak proudly of it, whether it be C. Bell or Will Byron. Um, yeah, Will Byron. Them. I mean, you, he's our next star, you know, right. in NASCAR. And if, I mean, I hate to say it, if you have the four series of NASCAR and the guy wins the championship using a dual shock four playing heat two. No, one's going to really take that seriously. Um, yeah, you, I, they have to use NASCAR or I racing. Sorry. If they don't, that's just a, a huge missed opportunity, not only for the sim, but also NASCAR. Well, I, the other thing I was going to say about that though, too, especially, you know, you were talking about different streams of revenue for NASCAR that that's big too, because you know, current sponsors are starting to dry up a bit and NASCAR, this would go a long way to helping NASCAR with their, we don't have a problem 
problem. Or butts and seats or eyeballs on TV problem, right? You know, the ratings, the TV ratings. Yeah, this is a good uh, idea. That's probably why they're doing it, you know? You know, and again, you know, let's, you know, take a, take a breath. Uh, I, I think we all need to take a breath because racing was at its most popular in the 60s and 70s. And why was racing the most popular? You know, it's sad to say, but because a driver died almost every week, you know, and now NASCAR is safer than, than ever. And the popularity has gone down. I think that, you know, I think it's going to take a lot of time for people to ease into sim racing. You know, there's no danger. There's no engine noise. You know, it's, it, it's going to take some, some time. Yeah. Well, we all know the competition on the iRacing side is probably better than in real life. I mean, we've had drivers say that. Kyle Larson has directly said that before. And that's that's the other thing, though. Some of the some of the sim racing on there is so good. Just just watching everything is just so good. <laughs> that's what I do. I watch the Global Sim Racing Channel and RaceBot TV. I, I I watch those races at work. It's good stuff. I mean, if you're a race fan and you enjoy like the proper part of racing. Yeah, you, you're not going to beat watching iRacing, that's for sure. Let's keep moving. We're running out of time here. Next topic was a post by Tyler Hudson. Uh, guess what? We're getting a patch at the end of this week or the beginning of next week that will greatly improve the overall driving ability of the dirt street stock. I also read somewhere else that they were going to fix the getting stuck in the wall at uh, Knoxville problem uh, as well in this build. So be expecting that, guys. Let's jump into hardware software. Uh, Tony, you're up first. Yeah, um, I guess uh, seems to be some pretty big news about uh, Intel's uh, processor chip. Um, there's been a, a fundamental design flaw um, that has forced a significant redesign of the Linux and Windows kernels to defang the chip level security bug. Uh, programmers are scrambling to overhaul the open source Linux kernels virtual memory system. I have absolutely no idea what that is. Um, meanwhile, Microsoft is expected to publicly introduce the necessary changes to its Windows operating system in an upcoming patch Tuesday. Uh, these changes were ceded to beta testers running fast ring Windows Insider builds. Um, I guess the long and skinny of it, the effects are, are still being benchmarked, but they're looking at a ballpark figure of 5 to 30% slowdown, depending on the task and the processor model. Um, that is really huge, um, but I believe uh, it's not as big as um, the, the post kind of sounds like it is. Um, from what I was reading down further in the post with from guys that are probably much smarter than me at interpreting interpreting this stuff is um, for iRacing stuff we probably aren't going to notice a whole lot of difference um, right but but for other things uh, I don't know I guess we could call it more technical stuff <laughs> maybe it's uh, it those guys will will feel that hit. Yeah, and I watched a podcast uh, about this and got a bunch more details, but the bottom line, guys, you need to update everything. Your Apple iPhones, anything iOS, anything Windows, anything Linux, 
has to be updated. Now, the Microsoft update uh, for me went through last night. Uh, make sure to update immediately. This is a huge bug where people can take over your computer if they do certain things um, and your iPhone and whatnot. And uh, uh, Apple released 11.2.2 yesterday to fix this particular issue. Um, but it's called, uh, what did they call it? They had some weird funky name. Anyway, I forget what they called it, but it's a uh, it's a, a vulnerability that basically attacks anything with an Intel processor uh, is basically the way I understood it. If and that's practically everything out there. Just about. Although it is kind of funny at the bottom of this post, if if you look all the way at the bottom, somebody made a meme. It says Skynet Skynet approves this post. Yeah. So one of the biggest uh, loopholes out there I've ever heard of that affects more users than anyone I've ever heard of, any kind of hack. Um, but boy, update your stuff, guys. I was reading a bit of the news behind it, and apparently um, this has been a dark little secret for a number of years now, and it finally came out to light. Yeah, it's been in place for a while, and the and the guys like Microsoft and Intel and... Apple and all those people have been working on the fix for some time, but the uh, news just went public here recently, and they actually went it went public premature about a week before the releases were going to be ready, and there was kind of some hubbub about that too. I'm sure the deep ops have known about this for five years and been hacking into the Russian and then the Chinese servers, so. So, and the other part of this is, as you alluded to, is the fix is to affects performance of the PC. And you will have a decline of performance, they said, no matter what. Now, how much? It depends on what you're doing. But uh, the way I understood it, unless you're like, you know, rendering video and you have a big video editing kind of sweet computer, those are the guys that are going to be affected. Or the guys running Linux servers, like internet web servers, they're going to be the ones getting a 30% hit. And so it's going to affect the internet in those ways. People like us with personal PCs doing gaming, we're going to get the 5% effect, and you won't notice it. Um, the other thing I heard on the podcast was, over the next six months to a year, these companies will change that uh, release to make the performance better. They just had to get something out to stop the hole immediately. And so we expect updates from Microsoft and so forth that will uh, bring that performance back, hopefully, to where it was before. Well, the new chips won't have the flaw in it, but I think we're stuck with what we got. Yep. All right, next up is uh, Joe Baldwin, one of our listeners, sent this in. Thank you, Joe. Uh, he uh, sent in a few days ago a uh, link to PC Gamer uh, that said, uh, basically, HTC is going to uh, release a higher-resolution Vive VR headset uh, this week at the CES show in Las Vegas. And sure enough, uh, earlier today, uh, BBC uh, put out an article that it's been announced. Uh, it's an, they call it an enhanced version of the Vive virtual reality headset. It's $800, and iRacing has partnered with Oculus 
Oculus. Oculus is the headset to get if you have iRacing. Next topic. <laughs> that, <laughs> you, you're not a fan? I mean, I'm a fan, but I mean, uh, iRacing I, I is specifically uh, worked with Oculus to in, make it look better on the Oculus. Right. So, you know, you can do what you want, but I would get the Oculus for $300 as opposed to the $900 one. Well, and a few weeks ago, there was a forum post where a lot of these uh, Vive users were actually having problems making it work with iRacing. Yeah, uh, iRacing got the developer kit from Oculus really early and specifically worked with Oculus to code the sim so it works better with Oculus. So if you're doing iRacing, and this is and this is an iRacing podcast, you should get the Oculus. If you're doing other kind of VR stuff and you want the higher resolution, then you can get the Vine. There you go. All right, Tony, what's next? Um, post on the on the forum about uh, replay conversion. I guess there's a quick button to do it, and um, that button would be Control Shift Alt B. Now you also have to uh, pick what type of file you're converting it into, and you can uh, do that by your app.ini uh, file and you go down to the video section and it will say screenshot file format uh, that is completely wrong it is the video file format um, and you can pick between looks like mp4 wmv avi2 and avi um, that's kind of a neat uh, little shortcut that i had absolutely no idea about until today Control Shift Alt V, and that will save a replay into a uh, YouTube compatible file. Yeah, that is a totally way better way to say it than what I did, but yeah. Okay, well, I just paraphrased what you said. So, <laughs> yeah, so check that out. I didn't know about that either. It puts the uh, video in a folder under My Documents iRacing Video, so look for it there. There's a lot of cool things people are doing with their replays now that it's easily saved, and they use some editing software to put chase cam and the higher-up camera and their cockpit all on the screen at once. Very cool. Nice. All right, uh, William, what's next? So we have some uh, one of the iRacing staff members, um, Daniel Garrison Jr., ask what people do with their AccuForce 2 when they're not in use. Um, and if there was any official recommendations on what to do, whether you turn the wheel off, unplug it um, from the RJ cable. So there's some discussion about that. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to really read through what the best option is. But um, I read all the uh, feedback, and it's across the board. I mean, everybody does something different. Some people leave it on all the time. Some people unplug it every time. Some people unplug the wheel. Some people unplug the little cable between the wheel and the base. Because when it powers up, it spins one way and spins the other, and that can mess up that cable uh, that hooks up the the wheel to the base. And uh, so, yeah, there was really no consistent answer. Yeah, that's something that hopefully someone from AccuForce speaks up, because I'm sure there is a definitive way of doing it to minimize issues and parts failure. Um, I have the G29 and. Actually, the power went out the other morning. It went back on fairly quick, and 
I woke up to my wheel cranking around and I guess all wheels do that. So <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a right answer out there somewhere, but I couldn't tell from this post. I mean, what about you guys? You leave your wheel on. I think my, I don't have a button, so mine's always on. You know, I think it turns off when I turn the computer off, but I'm not certain. I have the Fanatec Club Sport wheelbase, and if you left, it's basically a com com computer where if you leave it on, then you're going to lower the life of it. I mean, it makes heat, so you need to turn it off. Yep. All right, well, check that out if you have an AccuForce 2. There's lots of ideas. Uh, I found this other webs. Okay, so next topic. I found this company called OpenSimRacing.com. And it consists of three iRacers that put together this company. And their main thing that they sell is little joint, metal joint pieces for 80-20 cockpits. So if you want to build an 80 20 cockpit and you want to make it a little bit easier you can go to this company and buy all the joints uh the joint plates that attach the two 8020s together from this company and supply your own 8020 your own hardware bolts and nuts and then they give you the plans for the cockpit as well as far as how to put it together and that kind of thing very very interesting business idea So, like, one of these cockpits is priced at $216. Now, it's not the entire cockpit, remember. It's just the metal joint pieces and the plans is what you get for that price. Yeah, it looks like a lot of what they have is do-it-yourself type stuff to just kind of help, help somebody who is a DIY guy but doesn't have the time to go fully in-depth or... Um, yeah, no, a lot of it, because I'm actually looking at their wheel hubs. They have some really nice stuff there as well. So, Yeah, if you want to build your own cockpit, but you don't want to have to design it or cut out the specialty parts that is needed, you come to this company, you buy the package. It's really cool. If I was doing a cockpit today, I'd be looking at this, because I always wanted an 80-20 cockpit. I think the pedal arms are the coolest part on the site. Um, I'm not a DIY guy by far. Um, I think if I was a DIY guy, I'd want to do it myself. Why am I paying two hundred bucks for for plans? I'm I'm going to design it myself. <laughs> but if you go to the pedal section of their website, they have like Logitech pedal arms you can attach to your G twenty nine pedals. Pretty sweet. Yeah, they look nice. Yeah, it looks like they have wheel mod kits as well for the g27 g29 as well so if you wanted to run a different wheel it looks like you buy this kit assemble it and you could swap your wheel out if you want to get a bigger wheel for those it's a lot of really cool stuff here yeah paddle kits uh they have a cnc machine obviously and uh they created all these parts uh pretty cool you guys check it out it's opensimracing.com um they it's a pretty nice website uh there is a little blog about who they are and they are some iRacers that kind of got together and uh, put you know this business together and it looks pretty cool all right what's next 
So it looks like Asus uh, showcased some ROG bezel-free kits that hide the bezel. Um, so if you're running triple monitors and you have that bezel gap there, these look like they use some kind of refraction to cover it up. And actually, they posted a picture, and it looks really good. You could definitely tell something's there, but it takes away from that big black bar cutting down. It's almost like a glass prism that you run along the strip between the two monitors. Yeah, and it, it looks, I mean, they're obviously going to make it look nice in their photo, but it definitely looks nice. I don't know how that's going to affect an eye racing, depending on, like, the angle you have. Because I know you can adjust the angle in the sim of how the monitor, like, the monitor in front of you and the angle to the ones on the side. Well, the bezel correction, adjustable. you know, yeah. You do bezel correction to kind of get rid of the gap, so to speak. Yeah, how will it affect that? I don't know. But it's an interesting idea. It's a cool idea. I'm waiting to see how much it's going to be. Yeah, I don't want to see a YouTube video of it in action kind of thing, you know, and see what it really looks like. So more on that, you know, it's a brand new product, apparently. And yeah, this, this thing no is... No price is, announced. This thing is really cool looking. Um, now, I'm only running, you know, two monitors, but the way the way I got it set up, I gotta be honest. I don't even really notice the bezels. Yeah, you you tend to like tune them out after a while, right? And you don't even realize it. Yeah. So is it the same when you're running the the three like yours, Mike? Yeah, I don't notice it. It doesn't bother me in any way. No, it's it's almost as if like the the way it lines up, the bezels on my monitor are kind of like my uh, um uh you know roll bars. Right. Yeah, the window post. It kind of lines up good for the window post, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't use my my uh, double screens for anything else um, like that, but uh, maybe maybe if I was, uh, you know, onto some other game and just using this, this two-monitor screen where the, the bezel's right in the middle of my view, um, I could see where that would really be nice. All right, that was final topic. Let's get into final thoughts, guys. David Flowers, you're up first. Uh, just practicing for the 24 and can't wait. That's all I got. All right, very good. Tony Groves, what do you got? Oh, you know, I, I, another week where I don't have the track. Um, I am really getting tired of saying that, as I'm sure people are getting tired of hearing it. Um, <laughs> I am just dying for daytona 24 to you know daytona 24 the daytona i mean let's get this nis started i've had enough of the off season i want to race uh looking forward to the new season um uh, that's my rant it's coming all right william gibson what do you got uh nothing special here i've um work slowed down for me so i gotta do a lot of practicing this week not a whole lot of races but you know i'm excited for this upcoming season i've been working really hard learn trying to learn as much as I can to do um some setups for the trucks for the Road to Pro series coming up. So that's really what I've been really focusing on and I'm excited for this upcoming season. Um the twenty four hour race is gonna be definitely fun, but after that's gonna be kinda time to get to work and hopefully get some wins this year. All right, very good. And Kevin O'Keefe, thank you so much for coming back. You're certainly welcome anytime. 
uh, it's good to get caught up with you and what's going on and you're back to streaming and stuff and uh, I'll be watching. So what are your final thoughts? Thanks for having me. As you might be able to tell, I love talking to iRacing. Uh, if you also like talking to iRacing, there's a lot of cool Discord servers out there. So I'm a member. I'm running the Daytona uh, 24 Hours with Ether SimSport, E T H E R, SimSport.com. They're actually a, a, a European team, and they're they're recruiting members. They have a cool Discord. It's right there on their homepage. Uh, sh shout out to Grip TV Nation. Uh, they have a Discord. And it, and it's all iRacing I talk all the time. Also, a shout out to the iRacing Today two guys, uh, you know, a, another podcast that talks about iRacing. They have a Discord server where you can talk about iRacing all the time. There's also Mike's Setup Shop. It's There's links in the forums. Um, this guy's a streamer, and he, he posts the setups, and they're, they're very good. So check out Discord if you are interested in more uh, iRacing talk. All right, very good tip. I have yet to get on Discord. We, we're kind of old-fashioned over here. We use TeamSpeak, and that's pretty much it. But uh, we might have to check that out. Thanks, uh, Kevin, for coming on. My final thoughts, uh, boy, I am so glad to get that GRC win under my belt. You know, I knew I had it in me. It was just a matter of getting a, a, a bunch of starts, you know, and eventually it would fall in my lap, and that's about what happened. Uh, I'm not real fast out there, but I am competitive and I seem to have something on the starts at these GRC races that the other guys don't have, and that seems to uh, be the key to my success. So hopefully I can keep that going. Uh, I'm also ready for NIS, uh, excited for the new year. I'm a little worried about how we're going to handle setups and that kind of thing, and hope uh, our anonymous donor will continue to assist us as we go into the new year. Uh, we're trying to grow the team, too. Uh, we had a new recruit contact us today. David, uh, thank you for following up with him. And uh, But we are growing. Uh, you know, if I'm in TeamSpeak and nobody from the team is in there, that means we don't have enough people. I want people in the TeamSpeak all the time, 24 hours a day. That's how big our team needs to be. Uh, but if you want to run with us, let us know. And uh... oh, Also, I just want to quickly shout out, um, I don't think we mentioned it, but a team member, James O'Brien, actually picked up a win at Sonoma in the A car. Um, so I think we missed that earlier. I just wanted to congratulate him on that before we. Um, yeah, he's our big uh, hope tonight for the road to pro. Uh, I hope he can do well. Uh, yeah, congratulations, James. Uh, that was a good win as well. And I guess that's it. We'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.